Hello and welcome to Smart TV with me, Kellyanne Taylor, and of course, the lovely Caroline Frost. Hello. Caroline, I hear you have some fantastic dramas for me this week. So kick us off with, why don't we start with your favourite of the two? Hmm. Oh, well, I would, in that case, I would say that we go over to Netflix for Obsession. Okay. So, um, Ooh. Keen-eyed and eared uh, audiences will recognise this story if they ever read the book Damage by Josephine Hart back in the 90s or saw the film that was made of that story starring Jeremy Irons and Juliette Binoche. Now, uh, what they did, they kind of played with the passionate, the forbidden love, which we'll get into, but it didn't really concentrate on one very strong aspect of the story, which is all about the um, BDSM element. So it's been thoroughly updated for Netflix. It's called Obsession. It stars Richard Armitage. People will know and like him from Spookstays, The Hobbit, uh, Guy of Gisborne in Robin Hood. Is a telly favourite, has been for 20 years. And he's up with Charlie Murphy, who people, I guess, would know from Peaky blinders and she has also starred in happy valley so she's got a pedigree as well obviously nothing quite on the same scale as rich Armitage's renown but what goes on well he is a very upstanding successful surgeon rich status heavy happily married until he meets this young girl and he is just i mean it's like he falls off a cliff you know that that coup de fouge he is just swept off his feet unfortunately her character happens to be the girlfriend and then fiancé of his own son. And so they enter this completely kind of bunkered, forbidden tryst, this series of trysts where they just can't get enough of each other. And it's all about the, the obsession of the title and the damage it causes to every single person involved. So it's four hours. Some of it you have to watch through your fingers because you just think, don't (laughs) do it, just don't, just walk the other way. But neither of them seem to be able to. And I guess the story is, um, what would you do? Richard Armitage has given a few interviews. I spoke to him for this and he said, I really want people to think, what would I do in that situation? He said, young people don't commit because they're busy looking for this feeling, looking for this moment. And I even asked him, have you ever had one of those moments? And he said, I did. And I I wish I had made a different choice. So lots to think about while you're watching Obsession. But anyway, there it is for your delectation on Netflix. Two questions, twofold. So there's there's obviously quite a big age gap between him and her. And secondly, is this one of those productions where it's incredibly steamy very intimate and and not really shying away from that oh full on i mean anybody how does the age gap make you feel as well well uh, i mean the age gap is meant to be one of the very discomforting things about it they haven't shied away from it however it does seem to be a very mutual affair lot i mean mm. consent is not a problem and in fact if anybody is the architect of what they get up to it's her the younger female so i don't think we need to worry that she's in any way being exploited right but whether or not that means anybody's going to end up happy well that's a very different thing oh my goodness okay so it's kind of like a more naughtier bridgerton yeah it's yeah it's bridgerton meets 50 shades <laughs> uh i mean It's a thoroughly well-told story. Richard Armitage, whatever you think of his character, his performance can't be faulted. He commits everything to it. And your heart does bleed for him. 
as the hours go by. But anyway, I'm not going to say any more. If you do choose to watch Obsession, please let us know your thoughts on watching it. That's Obsession and that's on Netflix from now. Okay, and you have another brilliant drama for me. I know we start with dramas, but we do have a lot more that's coming up. We do. This is a quickie, The Hunt for Raoul Moat. So this is a true life crime story told. People will remember this extraordinary tale back in 2010 when Raoul Moat went on a sort of a rampage and the police really had to race to catch him before he did any damage to himself or to any more people. Once he'd shot, I think, the partner of his ex-girlfriend, plus a poor policeman who just got caught in the crossfire. It's a good story, well told. It's disturbing. I don't really know of the value of telling this story other than the writer has been at pains to say that he feels that the victim's kind of got forgotten. And one of the most disturbing aspects of Raoul Moat was that there grew this kind of appreciation society for him. Pubs were chanting his name because of the idea that he was this kind of vigilante taking on the police, one sniper shot at a time. Horrible stuff. Yeah. But of course, we've seen this only grow in years since that with social media, with people sort of gathering behind these anti-heroes of society. But anyway, I think that really is the bigger message. And of course, remembering those poor victims. Goodness. Okay, so that sounds like a harrowing watch. I don't know if you agree, Caroline, but I do feel like these kind of crime dramas, especially ones that are based so in reality and elevate these people in society that I think have caused so much harm. I wonder how bringing attention via these series it has an impact on society or do you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's one of the problems um, that they were trying to counteract mm. by mentioning the victims, their stories, kind of making him not just so central. Yeah. But of course, people will be tuning in saying, when's Gaza turning up? Because in this bizarre sort of sub-element of this whole horrible story, Paul Gascoigne at one point turned up thinking he could calm the dreadful man down. But there we are. It's what they're faced with. And of course, we've seen it in recent times with the hunt for Nicola Bully and all those armchair detectives kind of getting involved. So there's no doubt this is here to stay. And perhaps watching this story will make you think about the value of all of that. Those who do choose to watch it can tune in on ITV from Sunday night and then it's on then for the next three nights. So what I have, I just finished watching just before the recording and have had to wipe away tears and hopefully can give a, an accurate description of, of what this is. So it's Deborah James, Bal Babe in her own words. It's on Monday 9pm on BBC Two. So for those who don't know, Deborah James was training to become a head teacher. She was a deputy head at a secondary school and she got diagnosed with stage four bowel cancer. And what she did was started to become a campaigner. She was very active on social media. She started her own podcast um, alongside other people who'd been diagnosed with cancer. And that was called You, Me and the Big C. And what this does is it doesn't shy away from any of the realities and it follows her in her own words so it's kind of told through the lens of her social media videos which she did unflinchingly and she took unflinchingly kind of throughout her treatment and over the course of effectively five years um, from the time that she was uh, starting her social media account and until she died I mean it, it was such an emotional watch so what good do you think it will do I think it's twofold I think it's on the surface, it's about raising awareness for bowel cancer and different types of cancer. So in this case, you know, they, they really hit home with the kind of symptoms and it's the fourth biggest cancer, but it's the second biggest killer because 
so often of late diagnosis. So even statistics like that, just knowing that you need to be checking mm-hmm. your poo, which is their hashtag check your poo. But I think actually what was the most remarkable thing about this documentary, and I think the thing that it will cause or the legacy that it will leave is humanising cancer and debunking the myths of how someone who's going through treatment will be. Her narrative is about, you know, she loves putting on lipstick, she loves doing her makeup and it makes her feel good. And for her, it was so much about, you know, the scars that she has from surgery and and how she moves on from that. So I think, I mean, it, it was powerful, it was poignant. It's all those, you know, cliched words that we can use to describe something that perhaps doesn't necessarily need words or have words for it. It's one of those watches that you leave from and and it genuinely does leave a mark on your life, I think. So that's Deborah James, Bow Babe in her own words, and that's on BBC Two. Right. We switched to something what a little bit uh, less intense, yes. but probably quite disturbing for some, I would imagine. What did you make of it? I'd be interested to hear. So we're talking about Scared of the Dark, which is a brand new TV reality show hosted by Danny Dyer, I should add. Um, If you uh, like him, definitely come for him alone. And he invites eight celebrities to live for eight days in complete darkness. So they're billing this as Celebrity Big Brother with the lights turned off. And then you add these elements. We've mentioned Paul Gascoigne, here he is again, alongside Chris Eubank, Max George, Nicola Adams, Chris McCausland, plus Scarlett Moffat, Donna Preston and Chloe Burrows. I know about five of these names. <laughs> so um, off they go. They've got a series of challenges in order to win what? Light, I believe, is one of the goals. Yeah. Um, and I think as well, Scarlett Moffat gets a secret mission with some night vision goggles. And off we go. What did you make of it? Right, so this is showing over five nights. So I I really, really want to hear from listeners if they decide to watch this. And, and like you say, it's, you know celebrities that you may or may not have heard of which is often the case I think with these shows but I'd love to hear what people think because I think this is slightly unhinged um I mean it was the kind of watch where you think this is bizarre and yet why am I still watching do you know what I mean? but I feel like that <laughs> which is exactly what people thought about um when Big Brother was launched yeah exactly years ago. it was one of those okay I'll tune in for some novelty but I'm staying with it. Why am I staying with it? And I think, well, one of the things the psychologist says is that all people, particularly people in the public eye, the celebrities, they have these personas, very polished, and know exactly how to behave and how to speak mm. in any given circumstance. But their case, their thesis is that turn the lights off and suddenly all things are equal. Yes. So that's Scared of the Dark. It's on Channel 4, 9pm on Sunday. And what else have you got from the factual world? You know me. I love anything that involves armchair travel, even if it's uh, through a slightly uh, more pessimistic lens. <laughs> um, so this is yes. Our Changing Planet, Sunday, BBC One, 7pm. Uh, some would argue primetime viewing. I love Sunday 7pm TV. If People remember, so last year, this took place, Our Changing Planet, um, and it was six presenters launched this uh, project to look at environmental changes in six habitats across the world. And now, this time, they're doing a two-parter 
where they return to consider whether or not matters um, have improved. So you've got um, Steve Bakshaw in the Maldives looking at coral reefs. Um, you've got Liz Bonin in North Carolina and Chris Packham, of course, the Radio Times' most beloved man um, in Greenland, <laughs> looking at monitoring movement and breeding of oxen. It's kind of, again, like it's an educational watch. Um, it's really interesting to see whether or not things are getting better or worse. But I think actually... What kind of comes out of this series, which I guess we're not really used to seeing, is it demonstrates how kind of the natural world and cutting edge technology are working together kind of in this uh, inspiring harmony in a way that we're not used to seeing. So I think for those who are kind of looking for innovation in the natural world and how we can make an impact in terms of U-turning things that have, have happened thus far and also protecting natural environments, this is, is a really engaging watch. So would you say it's optimistic? Does it provide a value of hope? I think it does. I think not in every case, and I, I won't give any spoilers, mm. but I do think that you come away with a feeling of there is a chance to make change. So that's Our Changing Planet, Sunday, BBC One at 7pm. Now, Caroline, take us to the archive. little sneaky one from the treasure chest. Yes, so everybody watched The Gold. Uh, we have, in fact, an interview with the writer, Neil Forsyth, who is a great favourite of mine. Not only did he write The Gold, he wrote Guilt, the Scottish drama. We'll probably, probably talk about that next week. It's coming back for the third and final series. Plus, he created the great character whom some people will need no introduction to, Bob Servant. More of him later. But anyway, back with the gold. So yes, Neil delivered this extraordinary series. I mean, it was his first primetime Sunday evening, you like a Sunday evening, drama. It did deliver the beans. I mean, I think, I think they were a bit worried after Happy Valley, who was going to fill that slot with any success. The gold did. But one of the very few criticisms was that with his wonderfully witty and bounce-along script... He kind of made even the armed robbers too attractive, too scintillating. Now, he argues that you have to make people dramatically interesting so that people tune in and give them a reason to care. And also that he he likes inhabiting that world of moral murkiness. But anyway, um, what they've done is provide the gold, the inside story. It's the documentary. We've seen this in recent times when you have big dramas like Chernobyl, then there is an accompanying documentary. So to really make it clear that, yes, certain characters had to be merged together for the sake of the story, that they had to take tiny little bits of poetic license to make it all ripple along. But what they do is they balance that by telling what they claim, where we can only believe them to be true, um, the true facts of the story. And so the gold, the inside story, which is really how those Brinks Mat security robbers went off with £26 million worth of gold by accident. And then it did end up what we said before, which was unbalancing the British gold economy and it changed the way policing and laundering and all sorts of things in our society that we now take for granted. They are dated back to that robbery in 1983 and this documentary tells that story. So it's on the iPlayer, it's the gold, the inside story, I would say essential viewing if you enjoyed the drama and interesting even if you didn't. Great. So that's all from us this week. Please do write in to podcast at radiotimes.com. Let us know what you think. Let us know what you're watching, um, any recommendations that we've given you that you've heartily enjoyed. And you can catch us on podcast at radiotimes.com. Until next Friday, happy, happy viewing. viewing. 